0: Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Rogue Lieutenant. This is uh, actually going to be the official episode one. Uh, with me also is Isaiah Chase, one of the guys going to be helping produce this with me. And um, hey, first of all, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And uh, this will actually be airing on New Year's Eve. So just want to say uh, Happy New Year's. And while you're getting possibly drunk and bored with mm-hmm. friends, uh, before the ball drops, feel free to uh, check us out. I'll have more information later on, on where way to do that. All right. Our opening topic is going to be uh, basically the situation of policing right now in the country. We have, um, as all of you, if you read the news or watch the news, know that our law enforcement have taken a beating um, by everybody, by the media, by the politicians, uh, by many members of the public. And... Uh, it's it's unfortunate we're seeing uh the highest levels of um retirement and just outright quitting amongst law enforcement these are uh some statistics going around that basically some agencies have lost 60 percent of their personnel um wow and having trouble to get that filled you know um and first of all there's a backlog and on vacancies anyway but then when you're trying to fill hundreds of vacancies or even honestly for smaller agencies five or six vacancies um, it's just not happening so the officers that are working are uh, working a ton of hours usually and production's down for many reasons um, but officer safety is is another big issue and we're also seeing a, a tremendous surge in violence against police officers this year and uh, that's got to stop so with that said, I'm going to talk about some of the issues, and um, also be honest and tell you that it's twofold. Some of the uh, the bad raps that police officers get, unfortunately, we bring it on ourselves, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about one, and luckily, just the other day, I get to have one of those incidents myself, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about it. But uh, so, what do we do? What do we do? How do we how do we change the topic? Um, from from bashing our police to, to moving forward and supporting them. Um, one of the things you should know now, and the the expression of uh, the silent majority, you know they they rule. The reality is the silent majority is inept. Um, we've lost it. The silent majority, which I truly believe, is the the majority percentage of 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 who's out there with us. Um, Unfortunately, we've failed. We've truly failed at this point. And uh, we're not helping ourselves as a society. We're not helping our law enforcement. And the decay of law enforcement is is definitely going to be detrimental to all these societies, all these different cities and towns, and especially in the big urban areas where you're seeing the problems now and the crime rate um, is is tremendously high. I think Philadelphia just did a... 500 homicides again Ooh, uh, yeah. Three years in a row and uh, it, it's crazy. So With that said, uh, how do we change it? Well, first we have to change it by not believing the rhetoric um, We're in a holiday season right now. and I'm gonna tell you this through many years 30 years of law enforcement um, The holiday season is is a, a crazy time of season for everybody, but especially for police officers so one of the things um that police officers will do that most of us don't have to do is police officers across this country will spend the holidays um, dealing with suicides dealing with homicides dealing with um despondent people uh you know having major issues uh, nowadays with financial issues and mental health issues and I'm talking about mental health issues we'll be doing a whole topic on that at some point forever so i already warned isaiah that i probably talking most of the time today so but he is going to have some feedback so yes, right now opinions. his jobs to look sit there and look pretty uh so <laughs> um so with that we have to uh stop believing the rhetoric um we need to set a new standard we need to call people out when they they quote uh fictitious stats and, and everything else when it comes to policing misinformation misinformation yep. which is, is tremendously uh popular nowadays Mm -hmm. Um, we have you know by you can go by supporting your local police letting them know that and uh reach out to them support them not just when times get bad when there's an officer that gets hurt in line of duty or something but support them around the clock um now with that let me talk about something that how we're our own worst enemy so there's a whole lot of reasons why we're on our worst enemy, and I'll be quite frankly, frank with you. Um, you know every police department has its own share of idiots. Um, I'd like to say it's not so, um, but it is. And who knows? Many, many people thought I was one of our idiots, I don't know. Um, but with that said, there are, there are those police officers who do nothing to push the real agenda uh, of, of what policing is. and policing done right and done with a, a, a big degree of empathy, um, is truly a noble, noble uh, profession. And, and it's an honorable profession, it's a noble profession. The problem is, um, the things that are done right don't get acknowledged, and sometimes you can't measure the things you're doing right. Um, one of the things he talked about in the past was uh, proactive activity, okay? Proactive activity, when police officers went out there, and we'd harass each other about who could be more proactive, who would have the better arrests, and everything else. And one of the things we, we knew over the years is the more proactive you were, the more you got in trouble. Um, someone's usually going to make a complaint because they didn't like what you were doing, um, even though it was completely legal. Um, compared to the officers who chose to do really nothing and uh, then sit in parking lots and uh, hang out for the whole shift and do everything. Well, unfortunately, policing has got to that point now where even the good cops don't want to be going out there because it's, quite frankly, in their words, it's not worth it. They go out, they make arrests, they um, get complaints against them for harassment, they get no support from their administrations, they get no support from the public, and you're seeing the rise in crime, and again, I'm no scholar by any means, but I would say to you that that rise in crime is at least in part due to the fact that police officers across the country are not initiating um, activity they're being responders and if you want to fight crime you can't do it in a passive mode you can't do it in a mode where you're just reactive Uh, most of these cities uh you know you'll hear the officers i don't have time um and it's true in big cities especially as a matter of fact occasionally for fun because chicago has draws so much attention I I listened to a particular district in Chicago just for fun to see how things are going. And um, a couple weeks ago, there was a three-hour time frame from the time an emergency call came in and the call was dispatched. So they called for a person who had been assaulted uh, by a man with a gun, and that call was stacked for three hours. How is that possible for police service and do I blame the Chicago police? No, because quite frankly, they're going from craziness to craziness on a regular, regular basis. So, what's happening across the country is these effects are are affecting our police departments and the police officers are exhausted, they're working 16, many times, 16 hours a a shift right through the week, They, uh, they get days off canceled. Never mind when big things happen, other people have this happen. So they're fatigued, they're tired of being beaten up on, and uh, they're in a reactive mode. And when you get to reactive mode, you, you, there's nothing you're doing for, for the community at this point. And again, I'm not condemning them. um, But I'm just telling you, this is one of the things that's happening. And we, the average citizen who wants to um, protect their community, protect their family, need to support them more, support them with our actions, support them by holding our politicians accountable, um, and support them by not passing foolish laws. Uh, The other thing that police take a beating for is why certain dirtbags are on the road or or, are free again. And we're seeing this in cities like New York and others um, where basically predators, there's nothing else to say, there are predators who have made it a life choice to prey upon people their whole life. And in the whole uh, reform of bail, we're letting these people back on the streets. Okay, we're not talking about a young kid who does something stupid, or a young adult who does something stupid, or even an old adult who happens to do something stupid. We're talking about people who are literally um, predators and who are just attacking uh, what they can as we build upon the fact that this happens um, there's some of the other things i want you to understand that police are doing right now besides dealing with all the crap that happens out there and all the negative stuff there are a lot of police officers on their own or within groups or within agencies we're all here um, volunteering to help the communities they're using their own personal funds to um help people within the community there are food drives there are toy drives all these things are happening on on a regular basis and these are not the things that anybody hears you hear about the big horrible police but you don't understand um i mean hopefully you do but maybe we don't appreciate enough what these officers do on a regular basis um in my 30 years i can tell you i from watching police officers pull out personal checks and hand them to families uh to get an animal who got struck and needed to be treated but they had no money they bring them to the animal hospital and, and pay the three four hundred dollar bill that was many years ago now it's more um watching victims who right before christmas maybe had uh stuff stolen or whatever and the officers knowing that they have young children go out there and, and hand out um, a bunch of stuff they adopt their own families or well they adopt families uh you know for their own to go out and help on the community these are things that happen on a regular basis Never mind your football coaches, your baseball coaches, your Little League coaches, and for that terrible sport of soccer, soccer coaches. Um, and soccer has been the destruction of football and Little League, by the way. Um, but hey, just kidding. <laughs> um, with that said, these are the things, and, and I want the whole purpose of this broadcast is to bring to everybody what police officers really do and to help them understand that they're not just reckless pieces of garbage. Uh, as they're being portrayed in the media and, and by many particular groups. They're, they're strong, dedicated, uh, caring men and women who go out there and, and, and face an uphill battle every day. That doesn't mean they have to be weak. It doesn't mean they have to take the nonsense that is happening now. Um, but this is what they deal with every day. And then they come in and do it again the next day they come in and do it again the next day okay so these are some of the topics that we have to talk about so let me let's talk about how police for a little bit don't help themselves this is a perfect example so in 30 years i always prided myself on how i i treated people and sometimes i was just a douche other times uh, most times i was not so if you deserve to be treated like an idiot or an animal. No, it was really A justified community. douche. Yeah, exactly. It was a justified douche. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, with that said, the other night for a company that we work with, Christmas Eve, I had asked the company if they would buy some sandwich platters for uh, the two of the communities, the police and fire departments that we uh, we do business in. And uh, so, I went to the first community and walked in the police station with two full platters of sandwiches and cookies, and I could see someone behind the window who I could see almost running to the side door, and they opened the door, and I'm like, hey, how you doing, Uh, you know, can I help you with that? What's, you know, what's up? So I told them, look, on behalf of so-and-so, we just want to say thank you for your service, and, you know, uh, just be safe. And they were super appreciative. Everything was fantastic. Um, and it was, they recognized that someone in the community was doing something nice. They have no idea who I am, um, but they recognized someone in the community is doing something nice. And it felt good doing it. So, 15 miles away, in another community that borders my own community that I live in, I go to that local police department who I worked with hand-in-hand for 30 years, who most of the lieutenants, sergeants, and captain uh, uh, friends of mine. And I walk into this place. Again, it's Christmas Eve. I have two baskets, two large platters of sandwiches and cookies. I walk in the door, and I get to the dispatch window. And there's two dispatchers sitting in chairs, resting, probably watching the huge <laughs> game, and hoping well, they will win, which they didn't, by the way. Um, and one dispatcher, without even getting out of her chair, leans back. is like, yeah, can I help you? So I'm, like, looking at the sandwiches. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to put my mm-hmm. bikes on. That's what I felt like saying. But I didn't say anything. I said, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of food for you guys. Um, you're welcome. You know? So she says, oh, hold on. I'll get somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you need to get somebody for? I can give you the two basket, two, two platters of food right here. But no, she gets somebody. So out comes this police officer, young male. Gamed head, bald head like me, uh, with his knit cap on. And he comes out, and he stands there, squared, puts his thumbs in his outer vest, and looks at me and goes, Yeah, what's up? Mm. Now, inside me, I'm saying to myself, well, what is up is should be my boot upside <laughs> your ass. Or your supervisor shoving a boot up your ass, because it was such a punk statement like mm. and here's the thing i am pro law enforcement to a fault i spent a good portion of my career defending police officers um right wrong or indifferent uh if i felt you were right i would stand by it and so i always give the benefit of the doubt to police officers and when they do wrong i hold them accountable so i really was just disgusted by the way he presented me and i'm sitting there saying wait a minute if you can make a 30-year Law enforcement veteran, who is now a private citizen, and piss him off in the first five seconds of your interaction. What's happening to the average person who's just walking in there, who's intimidated to walk into a police station, who's intimidated to talk to the police? And their very first response is, "Yeah, what's up?" Hmm. Was, I'm sorry, I'm not a kid on the street that you're talking to. Hmm. Um, I expected more. So it gets. So I basically had put the sandwiches down. I just look at him and go. Yeah, the sandwiches right there. You can, uh, you know, give half of them to the fire department, and I walked out. Uh, tonight. So here's where the story gets even better. I know the kid. I I was used by him as a reference to get the job he has. So I have his personal phone. So I sent him a text because I left here so irritated. Um, like, hey, you know what I mean? If you're one of my guys. I would have really had an issue with this, but to give him some advice, I said, hey, I really didn't appreciate the way I was received in your police department, um, and, uh, you know, maybe you guys could, you know, work on something, and maybe do a little bit better. I said, just being honest with you, whatever, Merry Christmas and be safe. So I eventually get a response. Response isn't, hey, I'm sorry you misunderstood me. Mm-hmm. Hey, sorry, um, you're a douche, and I could care less. It was Merry Christmas. So to me, that just shows the arrogance of what's out there. And let's face it, to my fellow police officers, and the ones that are still active, here's the deal. Let's not go out and piss off the good people, okay? Your job, you're hated already by everybody under the sun. Take your arrogance, if for those of you that show it, um and and basically shove it um it, it really was so disheartening to me again being a guy who's so pro law enforcement and having someone i know and helped get the job basically treat me like i was a piece of garbage um who's basically uh you know on the most wanted list yeah, you food in your hands what food in the... my hands yeah that's... i mean honestly you have food in your hands in my <laughs> book you never go wrong no. but... Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and again, on Christmas Eve, I'm mm-hmm. away from my family. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you two platters of uh, uh, a major chain's sandwiches, which mm-hmm. I think the, the two platters plus cookies were almost $200. Yeah. I'm just giving it so you guys can have food for the holiday because people used to do that when we worked. Mm-hmm. Show appreciation. And, yeah, and in all the years that I had to receive food on behalf of the department, trust me, people knew we appreciated it, and we did. Um, and they just to have the arrogance... Of, of what i dealt with the other day made me truly see that look we got to do better law enforcement um supervisors you got to do better our training has to be done better um you know you're taking kids who basically never dealt or worked or had much life experience and we're trying to fast track them through academies now and the academies are uh, just basically you know might as well put made in made in china <laughs> they're poor quality uh, and stuff like that. But even the the atmosphere has to change. The bravado has to go, okay? And I'm not talking about being, uh, you know, non-men or non-women or being aggressive. That has nothing to do with bravado. Bravado is used as a defense mechanism, and it's basically based on stupidity. Um, and it's it's rampant throughout police departments everywhere. The tone that police officers use uh, many of them and again i i I would say less than most um, is it really affects it. So that bad experience that I would have had, and I'm telling you this here, and we, you and I talked about it before, imagine the person you know, the local guy who's a, a woman who basically is trying to raise a family in that community, goes to the police department for something good, and then leaves with the same feeling I left with. Mm. You know, what is that person saying to their neighbors? What are they saying to their family? Um, all based upon what? There was no reason to come out and act like a tough guy to me. No. Nope. Uh, especially when you know me. You could have come out and said, hey, Merry Christmas, Ray. Nice to see you again. No. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the job. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's yeah. up? Okay. So, um, so anyway, with that said, um, that's one of the things I tell you we need to do better. We're going to sit here across the country. This amazes me too. Motorcyclists, I know how sensitive this can be, but motor- motorcyclists on unregistered motor- motorcycles, ATVs, everything else, unregistered, uninsured, illegal to operate on the road, overtake city streets the wrong way, over curbs, fall through red lights, and uh, nothing happens. However, Mr. You know, Mr. John Smith, who's driving to work, who is going seven miles an hour over the speed limit, mm. we're stopping him and giving him a ticket for $7. Okay, the night before, we just watched someone commit uh, probably a dozen motor vehicle infractions, never mind actual criminal infractions, and we're going to do nothing because it's not worth it to go after them because it causes trouble. But instead, we're going to pound the piss out of Mr. Smith, who's just trying to go home with the middle class, and everybody else trying to make a living, pay his bills. Okay, policing—we got to change. We got to change. Um, again, overwhelming majority of cops got this. Overwhelming majority of, of especially senior cops get this. Here's the problem: overwhelming majority of senior cops are gone now. And you know what happens when you lose your senior people? You lose experience. You lose people skills. Here's what I learned when I first came on. They talked about. In the old days, again, I am part of the old days now apparently, but in the old days, um, police officers would be either on foot patrol or one car in a section, and they'd have to deal with the disturbances and domestic disturbances and all this other stuff, um, and in doing so, they knew that if you're dealing with three, four people, and you're by yourself, and your help's another 10, 15 minutes away um, you learn to become real good with communicating with people because there are times to use that tongue over any nightstick or anything else, which is much more advisable. Well, in this day and age of technology, and I used to teach this stuff and I used to, uh, I called it the peacocking. In this day in technology, we're hiring people who don't really have a lot of life skills. We're hiring people who for all intents and purposes, and there's nothing wrong with it. I wish I had the opportunity when I was younger, to still live at home with mom and dad and save money and do bills, but they don't understand trying to put food on the table. They don't understand trying to make your rent payment or your mortgage payment. Mm. Um, So they walk into a house, and the first thing they do is basically um, tell the guy to shut his mouth and sit down. And then you wonder why someone's going to come up here. No, don't get me wrong. There are times that... You kind of need to do it because the guy's acting like, it, like a, a jackass. But the end result is you're coming in here as a 23-year-old kid telling me, and well, that's your age, right? Your age? Yeah. You, you, you're coming into my house and telling me in front of my family to shut my mouth and sit down. When maybe it's probably not the smartest move, and maybe it wasn't even warranted, sort of like my treatment wasn't warranted the other day. Mm-hmm. But let's say that cop or another cop like him decides he's going to walk into that house because he's king shit, and he's going to go in there and hammer uh, his authority around. Well, how do we think that's going to happen? Do we think that that's going to be a good encounter? No. And, you know, the end result is, you know, with technology, you have these radios now that have a little panic button on uh-huh. them. The end result is, you know that if you hit that panic button, basically your entire shift's coming to basically... Guns blazing, Yeah, and drag somebody's butt out of the house. Yeah. Um, so that allows for the fact that I can act like an idiot. I can treat you unprofessionally. Provoke you. I can, well, yeah, yeah, More it's, a, it's a good word. And I would defend that saying, hey, please don't do that. And the result is they may not intentionally do it, right. but they do it. And again, <laughs> just the other day. So they know that they only have to survive for 30, 40 seconds before <laughs> the cavalry comes rushing in. We're back in much older days. Um, They also realized they had to survive for 10, 15, 20 minutes before they got back up. And so they learned people skills. They learned how to communicate with people. And that's what we're lacking. We have a police academy all across the country that still has the, um, uh, based upon bravado. Basically, they give a very watered-down version of like a hell week in the first week of the academy. And honestly, the day and age has... uh, Push past that. I'm not for yelling. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against yelling and holding people accountable and, and discipline. But I am against basically degrading human beings mm-hmm. just so mm-hmm. you can play the bravado game of "I'm a big badass instructor and I'm going to treat you like garbage." Mm-hmm. Okay, that happens way too often. Um, society has changed. Our younger recruits really don't respond well to that. They have no choice. That's why you have so many academy dropouts is just not the way you're going to behave. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, we got to change training and we don't change training and we don't do anything to affect police by defunding the police. Okay, that is an asinine, irresponsible, just outright stupid idea of defunding the police. You want a better quality police department with better training but yet you want to take away the funds okay school systems yeah well exactly it's the same and then so what you want to pay for is you're going to get Mm -hmm. you know this is what you're going to get you're going to get uh, complaints you're going to get people who don't want to work you're going to get people do it just for the benefit you're going to get corruption yep um you know you have people you know people this was a passion this this career was a passion for many of us um and you just knew you you thrived for it and other people, like, they had nothing to do better on a Saturday. They took a test, uh, and they, they scored all right. Next year, they're hired, and they're wielding a gun and a badge. And it shows. And it shows. Um, so what do we do? Academies, um, Florida, you know, well, I'd say four months maybe, the average academy, six months to some. Make it a year process. Make it a year process. Um, physical fitness, okay? Now, I happen to be a fat guy. Well, I stayed my time doing the gym and was able to hold my own when I needed to. Maybe not run a marathon, but <laughs> that's why they have radios. So, but with that said, um, fitness, you wanted a lifestyle change. That's the whole purpose of fitness, lifestyle change, lifestyle change. But yet, you make everything about fitness in the academy um, detrimental as punishment. Well, mm-hmm. what do you, you know what I mean? What do you think of that? I think, honestly, that is not a good way to look at it at all. You shouldn't make somebody do physical exercise as a punishment. Uh, yeah. physical, like, physical exercise should be a rewarding thing, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and again, you know, you're in the younger generation where your generation's not really into the, hey, come treat me like an asshole and we respect that. So, like, let's say the military. The military gets away with it. They do it. But the military also has a whole lot of emphasis on how to respect your... Mm-hmm. Rank. You know yeah, mean the, and the people? And yeah. And so you'll meet military personnel who are very respectful. But we don't have that in policing. We don't have that in, in a lot of places in policing. So we want to teach people to be treated like shit, um, which is basically telling them it's okay to treat people like this. And someday I will. Um, and, and yet then we're going to complain that they're doing this. So we're failing on that end. Um, if you made a year long academy, the person's hired. Okay, so you make it four days a week out of the five. They they go to the academy, one day a week. Okay, maybe you turn around and they do volunteer services or they answer phones or they work at a domestic violence shelter or they work at some other shelter to see the uh, the people within our communities that struggle. And maybe you'll have. And again, I was told this once by uh, a good man, a friend of mine uh As a lieutenant, he said, You know what makes you good as a police officer? And I said, It wasn't my good looks. So he goes, uh, It's your empathy. You understand uh people. All right. So to expand a little bit upon this year long academy idea, the reason being is <clears throat> you would want to help retain officers once they've committed a year to your police department. They're more likely not going to leave, hopefully, and things are done well. But two is, during that course of the year, you can basically get the equivalent of 60 college credits if you cut out wow. a lot of the nonsense, you know? You get to the right to the, the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing, um, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. this in a future episode where we we'll talk about um, use of force, but everybody thinks in the police academy the, uh, the self-defense training is super, like, you know, they see on TV. The reality is it's not, even at its best it's it's decent Um, the problem is no one stays with it or very few people stay with it Uh, and that's an issue Um, you know you learn some maybe you learn some great moves especially now with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff you learn a lot of great stuff but quite frankly if you leave the Academy and don't have or don't practice or you know even on your own at some point you just lose it all so and that's for most police officers—that happens also. So they end up in, you know, uh, use of force situations where they resort to what they know, or maybe what they grew up with. You know what I mean? So we'll talk. That's a whole other issue to talk about. But anyway, so use of force, uh, customer service, uh, learning how to deal with people, and then going back to this one day a week doing. It doesn't have to be community service, but like or volunteer service. It could be just collectively. Doing something that is an investment in the community you're going to serve. Once you get in the, you you invest in that community, you care about what happens in that community, and you should care about what happens in that community. Uh, and I'm not going to get to the point where I say uh, residency should happen because there are some places that really I probably want to move to. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. It's just it's but it's not the even with the residency the good thing about residency is you have an investment in your in your community and a lot of officers will play uh will coach football baseball as we talked earlier so things like that um we need to change the focus on using bravado and using this uh you know rah-rah tactics and belittling people or physically abusing uh, new recruits in the first week of the academy which happens quite a bit Um, you know, that sets and I mean abuse us go on abusing excessive endurance, excessive training. So let's say a police officer has to, to get into the academy has to run 1.5 miles, right? Okay. Some of them will be great runners others like myself, not so much. Um, and and, and honestly, in my academy, I really can't complain on, on the treatment, but here you have. People who could barely make the 1.5 miles. Yeah. So in the very first week of their training academy, they run them to almost three, four miles a day, whether it's short, um, you know, runs uphill. It's the equivalent. And mm-hmm. what we see a lot of around here is the recruits being hospitalized for high protein in their blood um, because of the muscles things. breaking down. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And and how is that productive to any organization? Um, and they you know around here they know what goes on and the question is no one wants to address it so with that said training has to change um the best way to, to do that is to invest in your police officers to invest in the police academy the police department um and and not to to defund it if anything exactly. you probably have to double the income or the the, the money set aside for law enforcement but again um not to get too political but we're good with giving billions of dollars away everywhere else Mm -hmm. but we don't want to fix our own issues and this needs to be fixed so any takes on that fella uh i concur that you know the higher budget would then make it higher quality with the training and the equipment that they get to use definitely um overworking them is not gonna get them anywhere but backwards basically they're gonna look at it like it's a bad thing mm-hmm. and that they don't want to do it and they're going to dread doing it pretty much instead of looking forward to it and looking like it should be a positive outlook on their life. So let me ask you this. As a, as a young person who's, who's involved in uh, law enforcement, security services, whatever it is, to many people it's appealing, but the end result is with you, law enforcement doesn't, and, and not just you, but with many people your age, what's the unappealing part of law enforcement that's preventing people from getting hired or wanting to even apply. I think pretty much the bravado that you were talking about, the, the arrogance and, and that type of stuff, you know, feeling like they're, they're not necessarily down to earth or that they're involved in the community, like you're saying. And with, with, and that's an important part because, it, like again, with you and the younger generation, uh, people being down to earth seem to be what they're looking for and what they respect most, not <laughs> uh, the highest status... Or right. you know I'm uh you know I'm whatever I'm a you know I'm a seasoned veteran and you're gonna listen to me and and everything else so uh, that's an important part and I think that is why I think we need to change policing has changed on on many levels uh, over the decades of of service and and if we're gonna have a real change the change has to be and this is what this podcast is gonna be about is is about practical change. Uh, not theoretical change. Theoretical change, honestly, that and a roll of toilet paper, you can probably do the same thing with. Um, Because the theories are all polluted. The theories are polluted because there's no support. It's about basically, um, you know, allowing the criminals back in the street, handcuffing the police more, and, and all this other stuff. So let's get real policing. Let's get to truth. And that's the one thing, and again, as we do this podcast and continue to build on it, it's going to get better. We're going to get more in-depth with the things that we have um, that we need to talk about. And, um, you know, and we're going to work it. Um, So, going on, um, the podcast, we hope, is going to, uh, you know, we kind of rambled today and kind of just joked around a little bit. Uh, Hopefully, you got some of the good idea of where we're going to come from on this. and. you know, we're gonna we're gonna make it much more in depth. We're gonna have interviews, mm-hmm. our graphics will be much better. Activities, topics, a whole yep. shebang. Guests and everything else. Yep. And again, this is uh something that I've wanted to do for a while. We're finally getting it off the ground. Um one of our backdrops today is this beautifully knit uh I guess blanket, but uh pro law enforcement. And I actually got that for a gift for Christmas. So I like the different badges that it has on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, uh, good craftsmanship on that. I'll tell you. So, but anyway, um, with that said, we're hoping uh, you guys will stay tuned. Hopefully you like this. Um, And again, we're going to, we still have the zeros and heroes feature coming up. Um, I mean, editing guy is at home. He's being a zero. Yeah. (laughs) He's a zero instead of a hero today. But, uh, no, uh, no, he's uh, he's there to help us, and uh, he's he's was unavailable today. So, uh, with that, what else we got? Uh, nothing really. We'll be back what next week. So we'll be back next week. According we, to another episode. Yep, we have another episode uh, going to be released. This is going live New Year's night. You said New Year's night. Yep, yeah, okay. New Year's night. We will uh, hopefully have more information. We're planning on having it uh, obviously on YouTube and on. Uh, portions of it on the rogue lieutenant uh, on Instagram and Facebook Instagram, yeah Facebook Instagram and uh, We'll also have several podcasts. We're looking at Google right now. possibly Spotify Spotify yep. Um, to to release it also um, so we're hoping that on New Year's Eve you guys uh, Maybe have a few cheers and you tune in and maybe if you're drunk you'll like us better a <laughs> couple so, laughs. Yeah, uh, but pass it along and there's uh, a couple of things we're going to be doing that are really going to be cool is sometime in the next few episodes, we're actually going to do a, uh, a piece on unresponsible behavior and driving. So we actually are going to have um, some friends, colleagues in the building with us who are going to be on the podcast, uh, and they're going to take some cognitive tests. Mm-hmm. And Some will be drinking alcohol. Some may be participating in, in some cannabis use, legal, in this state, Um, and then others. The other ones will probably using like uh, some some hard liquor, and and again we'll do an unfiltered, you know, presentation on how those effects, and you can see firsthand how someone as they progress with a few levels of intoxication coming in. How their skills diminish. Yeah, we got to do something like reaction time, you know, stuff like that. and cognitive ability to think and process things and coordination. And uh, hopefully it's a a good message. Um, Again, in the holiday season, especially New Year's tonight, um, where this broadcast is going to be coming out on, please drink responsibly. In this day and age, there's no excuse to drive drunk. There's Ubers, there's Lyft, there's uh, a taxi, there's friends. Um, you know, be completely responsible and, uh, let somebody else do it. Or just honestly, if you get too drunk or too crap faced, hmm. sleep on a couch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So don't, uh, don't ruin someone's life. Yep. Take care of your people. Take care of yourself. Exactly. So again, uh, deal with us. And again, please share this, support it. Um, and, uh, we're hoping to have a lot of fun with this, but also really raise awareness, uh, the, about our law enforcement taking a beating and um so on the last note of this episode we're actually recording this on december 27th this is the 21st uh anniversary of uh, a dear friend of mine and and by all means uh a mentor uh to many and and myself included this is the 21st anniversary of him being killed in a line of duty um so this will tell the story someday about how i to drink guinness occasionally but uh to major alice c mcgregor this guinness which has been a yearly tradition now on the december 7th 27th um just for you my friend and then uh you know thank you for everything you taught us in your short time here and uh all your boys all of them it turned out really well so proud proud of their mom and uh and both moms all right take care bless